Hey there, and welcome to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and on this podcast, if this is your first time here, what we do here in this video uh, podcast and YouTube channel, pardon me, uh, what we do here is we talk about, uh, or I talk about, uh, various ideas, various concepts, various, various philosophies, and most importantly, various practices that you can use to ground yourself into the present moment. And by grounding yourself into the present moment, what you're then able to do is really be present for your life, right? Or for life in general, right? For everyone's life, right? And the idea there is that when we are not present, when we are thinking about something in the future or ruminating about something in the past, well, the, the problem with that, you know, even though it seems maybe harmless at times, the problem with it is that life, the decisions we make, the actions we take, the interactions with people that we have, all of that happens here in this present moment. And the problem, and, and if, we're, if we're dwelling in that future or in that past, either worrying about what might happen next or, or ruminating about what has happened before, well, then what happens is we're, we're making decisions and we're interacting with people and we're, we're functioning in our life without really paying attention to it. And so therefore what happens is we, we start to make decisions that maybe are not the best for us, right? They don't serve us. And, and, and as we make decisions that don't serve us, you know, and even if that's a decision or, or a lack of a decision, right? To, you know, you're, you're so lost in your thoughts that your, your child coming in and asking you a question, you're not really paying attention. You're making the decision to f keep focusing on your future and you're not paying attention to your present and therefore you're drifting further away from the people that you love, right? And so this will have a consequence. All of these, all of the things that we do or do not do in the present moment, they have consequences you know, when the cycle returns, right? And, and, and those consequences then, that's what starts to feel like those drama episodes in our lives, right? And, and that's what, like for me, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of a personal story today, is that, you know, for me, that's what made my life feel like it was just a string of one drama after another, after another, after another, with really nothing happening in between. And that's part of the issue, right? And that's in this podcast, what we try to do is we try to pay attention to that space in between, right? Because that's the key here, right? If we can really pay attention to this moment, well, then whatever is going to happen out there in the future, as long as I'm paying attention to this moment all the time, then when that future potential arrives, it's going to arrive in this moment too, and I'm going to be ready for it. And I'm going to be able to greet it with the, the power and the grace that I possess from the skills that I've trained through my mindfulness practice. All right. So I welcome you. All of you who are the first time here and all of you who are my longtime uh, listeners and viewers, I welcome all of you and I, and I really appreciate you being here. As you know, or as I tell you all the time, I hope you know that, um, that I really do appreciate you. That, that without you, this, you know, me wouldn't be, this couldn't happen, right? Like my role here only exists because of your role there. So I want you to know how much I appreciate you for that and how much I hold you in gratitude all the time for that. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for again watching and listening or whatever, wherever you are on your commute or in your office or at your home or on your daily walk. I just, I, I want to just say thank you. All right.
And so what I wanted to talk about today, and this is something we surely have talked about before, right? This is a, a topic that is not necessarily new, right? Um, certainly not new, right? Like we've certainly touched on this before, which is this idea that most of us have about failure, okay? I want to, my, my, my goal here, my intention here is to maybe um, help you to maybe dispel some ideas that you might have about failure. And, and, and in this process, you know, my, my ultimate goal is that you can change your, your relationship to your own failure. And in doing so, you can live free from the fear of failure, which is going to enable you to ground into the present moment more effectively than if you are worried about the fear, if you are fearing failure in your life. So let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. Okay, so um, I'm just going to tell you a little personal story to, to help illustrate what I'm talking about here today. Okay, so I grew up in an in a family. I've shared my story here before. You can certainly go and check out the whole thing. I think I just named it a personal story, the episode. So you can go check that out. It's up there. It's never coming down. Um, and uh, and so, but just to kind of you know recap a little bit, I grew up in a uh, my early childhood. I grew up with a a mother who was extraordinarily stressed out, and and so. You know, as you become more stressed, right, or or part of the the cause of your stress is a fear that things are not going right, right? That that like, you know, that that things have to be a certain way or else they're just unacceptable, right? Like that's really the essence of at least what. I think part of what was going on for my mother, right? In addition to that, she was overwhelmed. You know, my father left us and it was like a real, you know, it was a difficult time for her, even under normal circumstances, right? But I think that she had a little bit of a, a tendency towards stress, whether that was from her own CPTSD, it's possible, or maybe it's just the way her nervous system was, which is also very possible, knowing that my grandparents and knowing all of her uh, sisters and brothers and everybody else, it seems to be a very common um trait, right? Which which indicates that it could be a genetically influenced trait in, in their nervous system, right? And to be honest, you know, it's one of those traits in me that I kind of say, ooh, that's part of me that I'm not really loving. You know, that, that's the part of me that I, it's taken a while to love. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I do love it now, but it took some time to get here. Okay. So, so anyway, uh, growing up in this environment in which I was you know, really, it was the the failure was what I was always punished for, right? And I think that's usually the case, right? In in situations of abuse, and this is why I'm telling you this story because maybe I think there's a pretty high potential that some other people have similar experiences, at least similar enough that will resonate with each other, right? And I can maybe help you to allow you to live life on your terms and not on the terms of this CPTSD that you might be struggling with like I did for so long. So, um, so, so I think, I think most of the time when, when we're in a situation where a parent is abusive of the child, I think ordinarily that is, you know, or not ordinarily, but I think most often that is going to be driven by some level of failure, right? Failure to obey, uh, failure to control yourself as a young child, uh, failure in school, which is the case for me very much so, uh, failure in sports, failure in, um, you know, failure to do your chores, right? You know, generally speaking, these are the reasons why parents 
abuse children. And certainly, again, that's you know, of course, there's many other reasons, right? If there's substance abuse going on, or if or if the 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 caregiver themselves is outside of their window of tolerance and they're in a place where they can't control themselves, there's all kinds of stuff involved, obviously, right? Or maybe it's not obvious to you, but let me make it obvious to you. It's a very complex thing. So so it's not necessarily, if, if you're somebody who experienced abuse, but it wasn't failure-driven, then please, that, that's very possible. And I'm not trying to, you know, depersonalize this or, or somehow uh, generalize things to a point that it's it's silly, right? So, so let me rephrase that and say that for me, right, that's where the abuse came from, right? My, my guess is that that's probably not very uncommon, but for me, it was certainly the way that it happened, right? And, and I'm talking to the point of, like, you know, one of my most vivid, uh, explicit memories of those years of abuse, and that's the thing, I, I don't remember all the times, right, but I remember a few shining moments that come through, right? Those are my explicit memories. My implicit memory is the feeling that I have of of all those years that I don't remember explicitly. We'll get to that at a different time, although I have covered it before. Um, so so <laughs> I'll tell you the, the story is that when I was, I'm guessing around eight years old, maybe nine, maybe 10, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that, right? Um, I came home with a report card that had a failing grade on it in math, right? And I don't know if I've told this story up here before, and if I have, I apologize. Pardon me for the repetition, but um, but I, I do remember. And again, my you know memory is not exact, so the way that I remember what happened is that um, you know my mother like you know saying where's your report card, and me saying like oh, I don't know, you know something like that, right? And so she grabbed my backpack out of my hand, my book bag, and started you know rifling through it, and found the report card and saw the failing grade. And when she saw that, like I, you know, <laughs> um, you know, the look of contempt and scorn on her face is something, I mean, it's a, a, a look that I'm very familiar with, right? Because I saw it all the time, right? But that's the thing, right? I had failed. And now this person who was the most important person in my life, right? The person who's supposed to accept me and, and, and me and care for me and, and and help me right through whatever right this person is completely in contempt or, or feeling nothing but contempt for me because I failed right even though it was like a third grade math test like what does that matter right well to my mother in her place of, of deep and extreme chronic stress, it mattered a great deal. And so what she did was she then took my textbook, which, I mean, of course, when I, the way I remember it, it was like, you know, four feet by three feet and like, you know, 180 pounds, right? Of course, it wasn't that. It was a, you know, a typical uh, New York City Department of Education textbook that was probably, you know, an inch and a half thick by, you know, eight and a half, 11. It was a big textbook, right? And to an eight-year-old kid, you know, it might as well have been a boulder that she took and literally like overhand, you know, straight up through that thing at my head, like trying to hit me. You know, thankfully, I had already <laughs> developed the reflexes uh, from so many other uh, attempts and some of them very successful attempts at, at striking me. So I, the book missed me. Right. But, you know, and then I'm sure I got the hand after that. But anyway, the point is that that I, I use that story to illustrate for you how deep that fear of failure 
became for me because when you do that to an eight-year-old child right that that moment alone was enough right but there was plenty more where that came from you know um and and it happens like up till this day like if i you know if i'm having a problem with something like you know a couple of years ago was the last time i talked to my parents uh you know about anything uh of substance and uh <laughs> and so and i was having some trouble with something i was asking for some help and the old you know before i could get any help i first had to listen to how horribly i had messed up and how you know ridiculous my decision making i like at 50 years old right like that's how like oh my gosh but anyway <laughs> the point that i'm trying to make here right is that you know it's, it's very easy to to look at that and say okay well so you have a fear fear of failure you know that's not that uncommon, right? There's lots of people with fear of failure. There's lots of people who feel a sense of perfectionism, which is basically the same thing, right? It's just the other side of the same kind of coin, right? And it's not uncommon. <laughs> That's true, right? That is, a, that is a true statement that lots of people deal with fear of failure and, and with perfectionism, right? But, but let's take it a step further and, 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 and kind of unpack what is the problem with a fear of failure, Right. Because I don't think it's as obvious as as many people think it is. Right. Um, you know, so, so a fear of failure. Right. Especially when it comes from an abusive childhood experience. Right. Because when it comes from an abusive childhood experience. Right. That fear becomes so like it's literally like life or death. Right. Like literally my feeling was that if I failed, I was going to get hurt. Right. And maybe even hurt very badly. Right. So I needed to really it was, a, it was a visceral, you know, true, you know, base, you know, uh, you know, primal protection that I had for myself to be f afraid to fail. Right. And so and again, I don't think I'm alone there. Right. I think many times where there's parental abuse it's somehow connected to failure, which could even be the failure of the parent, right? It might not even be the child's failure, but the failure of the parent. Anyway, the idea here is, though, that, that what does that fear of failure really do to us, right? You know, yes, it, it prevents us from taking chances. Yeah, it, it, yes, it, it makes us more critical of ourselves, perhaps, certainly. You know, certainly that comes with perfectionism, which is, again, that other side of the coin, right? Uh, so, yes, those things are very true, right? And there's probably a few others that are kind of, you know, I'm not coming to, but they're pretty, you know, sort of obvious, you know, sort of front-facing kind of, you know, things that are going on with the fear of failure, right? But I believe that the most essential and the most profound way in which the fear of failure affects us is in that the way that it, it brings us out of the present moment, okay? Because what happens is when you're living day by day with a, a fear of failure, right, two things are happening or one of two, one or both of two things are happening is number one, you're either looking out for what's next, right? And that's probably the most common and basic thing, right? Like on a moment to moment ex uh, experience, even if nothing is wrong in the, in the particular moment, right? As, because of this fear of failure, I was always looking at what's next, right? I was, I was projecting my attention into the future, and away from the present moment, 
right? But now, of course, it also happens that the fear of failure means that when I do fail, it's very hard to let go of the failure, right? So it even affects me in the past in the rumination, right? I think, oh man, I should have done this differently. I should have done that differently. I should have, could have, would have, should have, right? And so you see that this, this fear of failure, it, it makes me live, and, and truly this was my experience growing up that I can see clearly now, that, that I literally was essentially never in the present moment, right? Now, now this too can, can be a little bit of an abstract concept, right? Like, okay, never in the present moment. So again, some people might say, well, okay, I mean, But what's really necessarily wrong with that, right? Now, we all know that being in the present moment is more helpful, it's it's more healthy, it's integrative, it's, it's, you know, we we have the option to to be a conduit for our experience, this this is very, you know, healthy for us, this is, you know, we we gain emotional intelligence, we gain emotional, so we all know that there's improvements to be made by, by being in the present moment, right? But let's talk about what not being in the present moment really does to us on a, on a pathological level, right? Like in the sense of the damage that it does, right? Because this is big. This is very, very important that I think doesn't get talked about a lot, right? Because when I'm not in the present moment, when I'm either, I mean, we talk about it here on this podcast, right? But when I'm not in the present moment and I'm, I'm either, you know, projecting myself into the future, right? Worrying about, okay, what's coming up next? Because I got to make sure I don't fail at that thing because if I fail, I'm going to get hurt, right? So I got to constantly be looking down the road, see, okay, what's coming, what's coming, what's coming, right? Or in a situation where I've recently failed, I start thinking, oh my gosh, I woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, why didn't I, why didn't I, what's wrong with me, I'm so stupid, all that kind of stuff, right? Both of these things, again, are bringing me away from the present moment. And as I just mentioned in the beginning, in the intro of this podcast, right, in that moment, right, you know, when I'm, it doesn't matter where I am, whether it's the future or the past, right, what we have established here in this podcast very, I mean, painfully, um, <laughs> to, to a painful extent, is that the decisions that I make, I make in the present moment. The interactions that I have or do not have, right, or the, intera- the interactions that are either truly connective or not connective, right, They happen in this present moment. They don't happen in the future and they don't happen in the past. They only happen here in this present moment. So when I am projecting myself into the future or the past through the the fear or the rumination, right? The, 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 you know, the fear of the failure or the shame of the failure, right? Then I'm not really paying attention when I'm making those decisions. I'm not really paying attention when I'm having those personal interactions. I'm not really paying attention to whatever is happening in this present moment. Now, here's where that becomes a problem. When I make a decision in this present moment without really paying attention to the decision that I'm making, well, then I might be making the wrong decision. I might be making a decision that is, you know, detrimental to my well-being on whatever level, right? Whether it's the decision not to make a call for work and so therefore my my pay doesn't happen, you know, or, or it's the decision to, you know, a, a yes or no decision on something that comes back to bite me, right? Because I'm not 
really paying attention to it, I'm not. I'm making that decision from this place of of automatic emotion and fear, right? And so, so therefore, that decision is more often than not going to be is going to carry negative consequences with it. More often than not, almost always, in fact, right? And so, so that's where people who have lived with trauma sometimes we look at our lives and we say. How is it that I'm so messed up here? How is it that my life is such a mess and, and everything seems to be in shambles all the time? You know, I, I'm trying. I go to work. I, I, I you know, I, I care for my family. I, I, I pay my bills. I pay my taxes. I cook my food. I recycle my, you know, my plastics. Why is my life so hard? Well, it's because of this. It's because the, your life, your life experience is made up of a result of all the decisions that we make and all of the interpersonal connections that we make. And so if we're not paying attention to those things and we're making those decisions in ways that do not serve us, that leads us to a life that feels like it's in shambles. <laughs> like my life felt like forever. So then essentially, right, it's almost, you, you could argue the fact that it's impossible to really be grounded in the present moment if you hold any fear of failure or if you hold that perfectionism. And let me, let me rephrase that, right? Because certainly some of you who are listening right now, you know, we've probably had conversations about this, right? About perfectionism and about, um, you know, fear of failure, right? And, and so, so it's not that, you know, if you have any fear of failure, you can never be in the present moment, but, but it's more the way it feels in the moment-to-moment experience is that anytime you are fearing the, the failure, you're not, you know, you're, you're not able to kind of, you, that's when you start to, you know, get that sense of, you know, perfectionism, right? Or the fear of failure, you know, that, that's when things start to go awry. That's the moment where you are not dwelling in the present moment and you're struggling with things, right? So it's when we can let go of that fear of failure, and, and, and let go of that idea of perfectionism that we can then consistently and regularly and sustainably ground ourselves in the present moment. And from this place, we make decisions from a place of authenticity. And when we make decisions from a place of authenticity, it's kind of impossible to fail at that point, right? Because we made the best decision that we were able to make. And so therefore, it can never be a failure. You know, we might find with new information that a different decision would have been more advantageous, but you can't say that you failed because you made the best decision you could with the information that you had available, right? It's not that you weren't pay paying attention, it's that you were paying attention, <laughs> right? And so how do we do this, right? How do we let go of the fear of failure? Well, there's two really essential, you know, number one, we can just practice letting go and practice acceptance, right? Just, you know, and that is a moment to moment course correction, right? In any given moment, right? You can ask yourself, and I mean any given moment, and I suggest you do this like 50 times a day if you can. Any given moment, you can ask yourself, in this moment, right here, right now, is there anything that I can accept that I'm not accepting or anything I can let go 
that I'm holding on to. And the second thing you can do to help yourself to, to, to move past this fear of failure and, and to, to release this thing from your life and allow you to live in the present moment and make sound and beneficial decisions and, and personal interactions, interpersonal interactions with, your, with the people around you is to practice self-compassion, okay? Because self-compassion is the is the the concept that that I am not going to abandon myself, no matter what happens. Right? I'm never going to turn to myself and say, "Art, you dumb bleep." <laughs> right? I'm never going to do that to myself. I'm always going to be there to be the one that says, even if it's, you know, even if you screwed up, right? Even if you've made a really bad decision from a, a really, uh, even a, a, an intentionally malicious place, right? I'm the one that's going to understand it. Where nobody else understands in the whole world, I'm going to understand it. Okay? And that's the beauty of self-compassion, right? Is that nobody can ever take it away from me. Right. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world, in the universe, in my body. None, none of that impacts the ability that I have to always stand with myself in times of struggle, in times of failure and help myself pick myself up and and grow through what I go through. Right. Nobody can take it away from me. And that's why it's kind of a superpower. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this today. Uh, if I'm a little off today, a little tired, I'm, I, we've been having some family um, uh, stuff going on with my wife's family. Nobody, you know, Nothing terrible or anything, but it's just been a, a trying few days. So pardon me if I'm not quite my usual uh, sharp self this morning, uh, this afternoon, actually. It's like uh, 2.40, and I have another meeting in a few minutes. So anyway, I got to go. <laughs> and so... Great to, great to be here with you all today, and I wish you well, and uh, I'll be back again tomorrow with some more. Oh, no, I won't. Tomorrow's my day off. So tomorrow and Tuesday, I'm off. I'll be back again with you in two days. So as always, though, if you have any questions about anything I talked about today, if any of this really resonates with you and you feel like, oh, man, he really hit a note with me today. I, I really feel like I could you know, explore this further. I'm here to help you with that, okay? And, and as I always tell you, you got 45 minutes already paid for. So it's, it's, it's already there for you. So if you want to have that conversation, all you got to do is click the link that's in the description and, and let's get on a call together and let's, let's talk it out and see where we can go from there. All right. And a lot of times it's just me helping you with a, a practice or two and sending you on your way. And other times it's, it's, you know, maybe you need a little more support on an ongoing basis. Either way, we can figure it out, right? We can figure out all the details. I promise you. All right, everybody. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again soon. Take care.